Michael Shannon has paved the way for me to do a Japanese accent on the podcast. <sighs> this is spoilers. I thought you were this is spoilers. When I thought you were gonna say this is spoilers in an accent. That was the whole thing. I really considered it, but let's round table. Let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one at a time. Oh, starting with Brett. Oh, Go. Do it. <clears throat> no. Corey gave me a J word pass yesterday, so I'm good. <laughs> oh I can do my it. Gosh. But hey, this is a special episode. We should acknowledge. Corey is in Elkhart in Goshen. He's Indiana. never leaving either. He loves it. <laughs> we are all in person. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the recording sounds different to the listener. It's but going to, yeah. yeah. This is very strange to be looking at you. We don't when we Skype, we don't even have video on. We don't so. yeah. <laughs> we don't look at each other, but here we are staring I'm, deep into each other's I eyes. I can see Pappy. I can see Josh. I can see Brett. I met the three of them for the first time within the last couple of days. So this is actually very exciting. And you met Mikey too. You met him. Never. He went out to California. Oh. No, he hit me up and then never responded to my reply. Something, Josh. Mm. Water under the bridge. I thought we were over this. <laughs> well, yesterday when you met Josh, we saw a little movie called Bullet Train. It was, uh, we talked about this, Corey. It's a movie of necessity where you just kind of like go to the theater and like need to find something to see. You yeah. know? It's not like we were like diehard Bullet Train wanting to see it or anything. Yeah. It's like the old style of going to the movies, you know, like when you were a kid or mm-hmm. even. Sometimes, I guess, in our teen years, depending on our ages, me and Josh, for sure. But, like, you would go to the theater and then pick what you're going to see when you're there. It was almost that, right? Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to see a movie. It literally was because we called each other and we were like, is there a city? Josh did not want to FaceTime for (laughs) some reason. He hates hates seeing our faces. We're like, is there a city between Portage, Michigan and Elkhart? Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. (laughs) Yep, like the Primus. And Elkhart. And we found, what was it? The What was the name of the theater? The Strand? The Strand, yeah. Yeah. In Sturgis, Michigan. Can we talk about that experience a little bit? Let's do that. Well, first of all, Brett wasn't there. So let's just acknowledge that. But Brett's here and we want a podcast. I am here. By the way, uh, just got out of COVID like three days ago, so my voice is extra sexy. So much extra trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, I probably less trouble. So much trouble on the levels right is now. Is it really? As, no, yeah. Seeing Brett in person, he's like Cable from X-Men, just like pouches and guns everywhere. <laughs> just like an ammo thing across his chest, like yeah. Terminator. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What do you call that, where you put the ammo across your chest? I actually have one of those. It's a, <laughs> is that yeah. a bandolier? Yeah, it's a band... Bandolier? Bandol- Literally, uh, something bandolito or bandolier. Yeah, bandolier sounds right. I have one for shotgun shells. That's sick. In case of a zombie apocalypse. We went over that recently on the Children of Men pod. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. Yes. Your preferred apocalypse would be a zombie one, you said. Yeah, I guess. But he doesn't He doesn't want to be without a ruler. <laughs> right. I said I think I'd do better with like a wiping out 93%. Because mm-hmm. then I'd have to worry about less people, but I feel like all the bad people would live. Sorry, we're on, probably, we're, yeah, right? We're on a deep side quest, but Corey and I were talking. Brett, how, what would be your defense strategy for zombies? Are you like posting up, like fording up? Or are you My brother and I were just defense? talking about it. He actually said, I'm going to come by and swing and pick you guys up because you got the guns. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got the car. I, I think I'd rather post up, personally. Yeah. What, does he have a Hummer or something? Like, what's no, the but, best car for it? Uh, he doesn't. I, he just made it, I don't know. Honda Civic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd have to board up the windows. I, I, I immediately go to a gun store, like immediately. 
It's too late just for that. Walked out. You're already prepared. This is why you prepared. But there's like so many zombie people at the gun store. True. People that like had turned on the way there. You gotta waste a lot of ammo. Because the thing, I don't have enough ammo just to go, uh, like, just start taking people out. I'd have to. I probably have a couple hundred rounds of different. You gotta save two bullets, like the mist, though. <laughs> I would know? like Whoa. to see a zombie movie where, like, you can hold all out long enough that the zombies will like starve out. Right? It seems like they just live forever. They need to eat something, right? No, I think they don't have to. Like, they can just keep going. Then they why do like they eating brains? Why do they eat it all? Yeah, it just, tastes good. Well, I mean, like vampires are like that. Like in Angel lore, they have to eat. Like but, the Buffy spinoff show. Yeah, but they uh, if you don't eat, you'll live forever. You just be hungry. Yeah. You like to eat. Once they book- put him at the bottom of the ocean in one of the episodes and leave him down there, and he's gonna live there forever. One step up but from the side quest. What do you want to say about the Strand Theater? Yeah. Uh, well, we went, to, we went to the Sears. It's a very small theater that we're, we went to. We're deep on a side quest. We got levels to go before yeah. the introduction. Sorry. <laughs> it was Strand a very theater. good movie, guys. Well, Sturgis, Michigan. It was a very uncomfortable theater. Mm-hmm. Like the seats in here are like the old style and I just don't do well with that. The and I've been having style. a style. Yeah. I've been having a lot of body pain and yeah. it, I, we were all like kind of moving around a lot in the seats. It was just the three of us, and then one little old lady that had to suffer <laughs> yeah. through us adjusting. So it was like for half the movie, it was like the Green Knight, basically uncomfortable yeah. seats, and nobody mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. The sh- the room we were in had twenty five seats. Oh, I think there was a floor oh, air conditioner. Like I don't think they had central AC in there. It was a smaller screen too. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. but. That There's said, like a fan, like an AC unit in the front. Yeah. That had the temperature. Yeah, it said like 68 on. on it. Do they have popcorn and drinks? Yeah, the popcorn was... Uh, I went in hungry and I just smashed mm. a popcorn. These guys didn't take any bites. Mm-hmm. I think me and Pappy are competing for who can eat the less over my visit here because <laughs> we have not been eating very much. You guys much. are all that's, that's both us. Yeah. disgustingly skinny. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I go for that. You guys are gross. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. <laughs> So like we said, we're here to talk about Bullet Train, the podcast. Let's let's still do introductions because this is a rare time where we can say a direction of the clock versus Isis to Isis because we're all gathered around the same round table hearth here. Yeah. And I didn't have a good opening question. Uh, favorite. Go ahead. Yeah. Favorite what? Oh. What's your favorite part about Japanese culture? Sorry, I thought you said something. I did. I said hearth. Oh, hearth. Yeah. Like, Happy was looking at Josh when he asked that I question. I have headphones on and I can't really. I'm just oh, took okay. them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So favorite part about Japanese culture besides Kylo? Yeah. I'm a big part of Japanese culture. <laughs> uh, tough. My gut was to go with just Nintendo Ooh, brands, uh, right? But yeah. I'll go with. Yeah, I will go with that. Nintendo? Just in yeah. I think. Ninja Turtles tries to be like that, but I think that's actually just American, right? Like through and through. It is. Really. Yep. It's like a fake Japanese lore or something. So, yeah. I mean, it kind of like the original comic and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they don't lean that much into that in other media, like in the cartoon and stuff. Yeah. But I see I what you guess mean. Guess what Pappy's going to say, but we'll get to that. Okay. Nintendo. Your, Nintendo. Got it. Well, everyone who knows me knows that I just ride Honda motorcycles oh, everywhere. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, I became a fan of sushi when I met my wife. Oh, God, that sounds... That's not what I meant. How old were you when um, you <laughs> first ate sushi with your wife? Why are you trying to age him? No, 30, 32? That's just late in the game to come to sushi. Like, I don't know. That's cool. 32? Yeah. Fried sushi. That's the first time I ever had that. Mm, delicious. That tempura? Yeah, oh, yeah, that that or just... Yeah. 
Do you have anything a favorite roll? Or anything? Colts roll. Okay. Minus avocado. Wait, is this whole thing like a oral sex joke right no, now? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to make sure it was not. Okay. You're striding the line. Corey, favorite part of Japanese culture. As a Japanese person, You're you right. gave me the J word pass, so I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Uh, you know, I'm not really big into Japanese culture. Like, I think it's kind of cringe when American people get super into Japanese culture. <laughs> and I like to make fun of some of my friends who get into it. Like, mm-hmm. they try to do it in, like, like my friend Steve, for example. He's really into, like, samurai history and samurai yeah. Yeah. lore. I got samurai shamed a few weeks ago from Yeah, Josh. I heard that. <laughs> I almost took Don't that sound bite and sent it to Steve. <laughs> but, the only way he'd hear it, that's for sure. Uh, when I think of Japan, I think of the second Three Ninjas movie, Three Ninjas Kick Back. And, uh, you know, it's basically a Karate Kid 2 ripoff where mm-hmm. the kids now go to Japan to do, like, whatever extra training. It's not a good movie, but uh, that's what comes to my mind. Better than three. Oh, yeah. Every question is a segue to Three Ninjas for you. It is. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, last but not least, Pappy, um, pretty easy for me. They joke about this in the movie Bullet Train, but have you guys ever used like a Japanese toilet? No. It, it is everything hyped up to be and more. It is absolutely incredible. When I, I worked in Japan for a couple of weeks uh, and I would go downstairs to this other level to like take poops because who poops on the same floor that they work at at work? Never do that. No, and I thought it was you don't shit where you eat. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, he ate in the other bathroom, right? I would okay. ate in the bathroom on my floor. Yeah, <laughs> well, floors down. That's where that saying came from, dude. They're incredible. They play little like sounds. Like there was like a nature sound button or like a white noise button. There was like a smell button. You could heat the seat. Like there was like a rotating seat cover with it, and of course the the bidet, the the cleansing. Act. Well. Have you used a bidet before, Josh? I've not. The cleansing act. Yeah, I would love to. I have a it's bidet. Wonderful. Do you have a bidet? Yep. Do you love it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. People like really rave about them. You but can get one online for thirty bucks. You have yeah. to clean it. No, I mean you should, but you know, <laughs> but no, he it doesn't. comes from the bottom. <laughs> we talked about the toilet in Bullet Train, Josh. I want to go character by character in this a little bit. Brad Pitt. You, you. Well, first of all, you didn't like this movie when you came out. Did you like Brad Pitt? Like your first reaction. Whoa. Your first reaction was that movie wasn't very good. Hard no from Josh, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I love Brad Pitt in this, actually. I like this character. I think he's, I like his uh, vibe that he's given off. So his vibe in this is that he is almost like Peter Man from Office Space. He's just out of therapy, and it's like really affected him. So basically, any sort of conflict that happens he's giving like he's giving off quotes like hey this is about personal growth between us or mm-hmm. at one point he said he he said he gets punched in the face and instead of punching back he said hurt people hurt people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he's kind of got longer hair he's a little bit hippied out he's very reluctant to get in a fight and that's like kind of a big part of the gimmickry is he like an assassin yeah Basically, but like at this point in his career, he's basically resigned to do like non-direct assassination jobs. He does like like, snatch and runs. Yeah, he does like grab and go jobs where he like will take something and and like exit the situation. Just to help me out real quick, what's the plot? Why is he on the bullet train? That's that's they're looking for someone. Everyone's looking for the same person, right? We're starting in a good spot with Brad Pitt. So yeah, Brad Pitt, zend out guy, the big Lebowski of like Japanese dude crime. Um, he's got Sandra Bullock. In his ear, giving him directions the whole time. Well, that's not revealed to the end. Well, this is spoilers. 
So there you go. I give away Michael Shannon. Corey, what to Brett's question? This whole, so this whole movie, Brett, it takes place on a tra- it's like one train ride. There's like five minutes of like introduction. Then the whole movie is on this train. Corey, like to Brett's question, what's going on in the train? What's what's Brad Pitt at? Bullet train. Bullet train. Sorry. Okay, He's in there to get the special case, and it's it's very prevalent in the trailers. It's like known. Like I knew that that was the plot of the movie going into it. He has to get a case. Has a bunch of money in it, of course. You know, there's kind of like a slight idea in your head that maybe there'll be something else in this case, but it is money. He even says that before he goes in. He's like, what's in the case? And she's like, I can't tell you. He's like, it's money. It's always money. Uh, But there's a few other people that are either looking for this case or looking for people that are looking for this case. A lot of switcheroos. A lot of switcheroos. There's other things in the case sometimes, too. This is basically Snatch, Brett. It's It's a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. It, It plays very much like a Guy Ritchie movie. I say snatch because obviously the, the diamond, but even like Lockstock with like the two guns in that movie, you know, it's fast paced. There's assassins. It's like a modern crime action comedy. Mm-hmm. So it, it very much is the vibe of that. And I mean, not only the vibe of that, but it's also the vibe of some of the other movies that this guy, David Leach, has directed. Which mm-hmm. are? Well, he's directed Deadpool 2. Which, we did a podcast on that, Brett. Very interesting. I know you were talking about spoiler cameos, but in Deadpool 2, Brad Pitt makes a cameo mm-hmm. as uh, one of X-Force. Well, and Ryan he, Reynolds makes a cameo in this movie. Ryan Reynolds yeah, makes yeah. a very quick cameo in this as Carver, this like assassin that was like called out sick, who Brad Pitt took the job for. But he's also done like Hobbs and Shaw. He's done John Wick, Atomic Blonde. So this director is very in tune with these types of action movies. He's the old stunt guy, right? Yeah, he used okay. to be a stunt guy. Yeah, he was a, a stunt guy in the... X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, the Jumper movie with where Hayden Christensen can teleport. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie loves that movie, I feel like. Yeah, Stevie showed me that movie before. I watched it a couple weeks ago. But like the tone is super important to like get to because it's also we watched a podcast on this last night, Corey, but and this guy was like going off on it. But like there's almost like a fast and furious level of like ridiculousness to the story. Like, you remember that Josh, like when the guy was like hanging off the back of the train? at one point and yeah there are I, things that are going to happen that can't actually happen like, for sure it's weird that you brought this up because i actually, i have like two notes and the first one it just says tone, <laughs> yeah. tone yeah. um <laughs> this movie has trouble i think sometimes having a reason to be funny like uh take one of those other movies uh deadpool it's got like the gimmick where he breaks the fourth wall and it has like a reason to get goofy this one feels like a bloody action movie most of the time. And I personally wasn't really ready for a lot of the comedy. And uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson have, yep. as Lemon and Tangerine, they have really thick accents. I could have used closed captions during this. Yeah, I think some of the comedy actually went, went by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson, great actor, beautiful looking man, very, uh, you know, What's the word? Dapper in this movie with his suit. Mm -hmm. He's great. He's in Nocturnal Animals along with Michael Shannon. We discussed that briefly. But uh, understanding him was a very difficult task for a dumb American like myself. Yeah. Tenet. Was it worse than he wasn't Tenet? It was equivalent to Tenet. Although Tenet had its own sound issues that were independent of this. But a closed captioned watch, I think, would be almost like a different experience, to be honest. Well, like when you mentioned Deadpool 2... When I think of the jokes, I think of like Ryan Reynolds is so natural. Do you think it would have been better if it would have been Ryan Reynolds? Like instead the of jokiness, 
Mm. But it just I felt more Brad, natural. Brad Pitt can pull off comedy. Brad yeah. Pitt. I don't think I, he's the problem. Brad Pitt is not the problem with this movie at all. And in fact, I was like watching this. I'm like, this movie would be so much less of a movie without Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Because like, I feel like that's the only reason why they was even able to market it so hard. And they'd lean on those stars and those cameos, even a little bit too hard. I feel like with Michael Shannon showing up, like when they show Michael Shannon, it's like this dramatic reveal, which he's, is he Japanese? Like what, the, what's going on with that? No, he was in, in, in the story of the movie. His character was white. white death. He's like often talked about and yeah. seldom seen. Mm-hmm. He's Only like in, Russian or something. Yeah, he was like a Russian guy that worked his way up uh, the yakuza, oh, and then okay. like killed the leader and took over the position. Okay, and he's like you know the most like insane, brutal killer mm-hmm. that the yakuza has ever known. Like that's really mm-hmm. his position. And he executes anyone that tries to assassinate him with their own weapon. Something he's done 30 times or something, right? Dude, that's the other thing with this movie, dude. Like, they are so hungry for the setup and payoff. And they do it in a very obnoxious way, Mm -hmm. I think. Because, like, so in that first intro scene, Brett, they're like, they're flipping around the channels. They change the channel. It's like, snake stolen from local zoo. And it's like ginormous letters. And, like, anyone with the brain's like, all right, we're going to see. They they set up a little too hard, too, because they say, like, all. They say all of Japan is in disruption or something because right, this yeah. snake was stolen from the zoo. Like the whole fucking country cares about this. But then they show the cage later, like open or something for the first time. And your brain is like, oh, yeah, I just I remember that. But then in the movie cuts back yes, to the news. That's what clip. I was saying. Yeah, they, they don't trust. It's uh, one of those not trusting mm-hmm. things, right? They I think you see that news clip about the snake probably three or four times by the end of it. Dude, I was thinking about that really hard and like. I feel like that was because this movie's already fucking long. Like it's over two hours. And I feel like the reason that they had to leave those in was because there's just so much going on that they couldn't trust people to remember. You know what I mean? There's so many fucking characters like, well, let's get back to the characters a little bit. You said you singled in on Lemon and Tangerine. Did you like the Thomas the Train? Get it? It's like train humor, bullet train. It ingratiated itself to me by the end, I think. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things in the experience of the movie, it was kind of annoying for a while. Did you feel that? Like, no, I liked it. Personally, I was... Never thought it went... No. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. When, when a joke like gets me, like I, I just want... It's like the um, the hot dog fingers and everything were all at once. Yeah. Like That never really got old for me. Like, I did like that. <laughs> I found it funny and I kept finding it funny and they went back to it a lot. I think that's similar to this. So like one of the guys, his name's Lemon. Uh, he ref- he like identifies people's personality based on characters from Thomas the Train. Mm-hmm. So he says like you're a Percy because blah. It's like his horoscope or something. Yeah. But he's like on the money with it throughout. Some of my happiest memories in my life are when my nephew was really into Thomas the Train. That's like my favorite era of him. And I so when you say Percy and like hero and. Oh, yeah, guys, yeah, Ringo Star. So part well, of it, the, yeah, the show. The you don't want to be a diesel, though. Well, a he's diesel, trying to he's find. He's to scare the crap out of my neck. He's trying to find who the diesel is to like oh. destroy them. Right. Someone, yeah. he, he's pretty sure that someone on the train, he, there's a lot of assassins and stuff, but they're not all like bad guys, whatever. One of them's really disrupting the vibe of this whole uh, situation with around the case and around the people connected to the case. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the like diesel. Smoking aces where there's a bunch of. Assassins all going. I never finished that movie, but it, it's supposed to be like that kind of vibe. Yeah. So just to walk through it, Brad Pitt wants the case that Tangerine and Lemon, the guy who likes Thomas the Train, has. They're protecting it. Yeah. They're protecting it. And another guy who is the son of. Was he the son of White 
Death? Yeah. Yeah. So the son of White Death, one of White Death's kids. Yeah, they're they're looking to deliver him and the case to White Death. That's mm-hmm. their mission. And I just gotta be clear, Lemon and Tangerine are referred to as brothers or the twins throughout the movie. Love it. Aaron Taylor Johnson is white. Uh Brian Tyree Henry is black. I'm trying to think of who that is. But there's this really cool reveal later, and this is one flashback that they only show once, but they were like they really were brothers. They grew up together in like an adopted family mixed home, mm-hmm. right? Which is really cool. I thought yeah. that was cool. And I, I don't, maybe at one point they oh, made a joke about them not looking like yeah. twins, but the movie mm. just kind of like, they just okay. are twins. You know what I mean? It's kind of like accepted by the movie. Yeah, they're brothers. I love that part of it. I mean, you, yeah, I look at him and I say, okay, they're whatever adopted. Like it's, yeah. But that's cool. And I think that was a rare moment in the movie because there's deaths and there's also fake deaths in this movie. Mm. And one of the brothers dies supposedly. But anyway, what I'm getting at is like those moments where the brothers thought each other had died. Those were some rare moments of like true emotion in the movie. I thought absolutely there wasn't a whole lot of that. Otherwise, dude, you could have accentuated it even more. You could have had like like the two guys, like one's white, one's black, but maybe one would just have an American accent too, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know, just to help even out that because like I'm missing so much of what they're saying when they're going back and their back and forth is pretty like snap. Was it just like a really big, Cockney accent, or was it just like a really strong? Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think, had a Cockney accent. I don't. Is that? Know. Is, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to differentiate them. Yeah, but it was whatever... actually Cockneys become more. We need brother Ellis broad. for this. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So they have White Death's son, uh, and the briefcase that Brad Pitt wants. Another major plot point in a character she's referred to as Prince, but she's White Death's daughter. Kylo, did you like Prince? Prince movie. is a babe. Yeah. <laughs> she was cute. <laughs> so White Death, Michael Shannon, has yep. two kids on this train, if you're following along. I guess I'm confused about if he's such a bad dude, why are people trying to kill him or kidnapping his kids? It seems like a pretty dangerous guy to mess with. So they're trying to help White Death at this point, Lemon and Tangerine. Hmm. Brad Pitt doesn't know who he's stealing from. The idea is White Death has a lot of enemies. So oh. One of them had stolen his son and Tangerine. Ooh, this is a huge detail. Joey King. Brett. Lemon and Tangerine have this huge backstory where they murdered like 55 people to get to the point of where like the movie starts, right? Mm-hmm. But how many, that's the fucking thing about this movie is how many times did they fucking show that Bolivia flashback? Like I think they that one that, that one scene. The She's one puking scene the, blood? Yeah, well, no, oh, no the, Mexico. But they showed that a bajillion times. Yeah, the like wood chipper stuff. Like you, some of the flashbacks, they show like more information as they come back to the flashback. Sometimes they don't. And I feel like the Bolivia one, they don't more than they do. They still showed the foot in the wood chipper a lot. I felt like that one. No, it's the one shot of them taking off their masks. Yeah, right. They showed that like five times. It's like, that's probably a big part of the reason why I didn't appreciate this movie totally. Like, seeing a severed foot being shoved into a wood chipper just like out of nowhere, or the woman puking blood horrifyingly at her own wedding, like, Nine times. You're a sensitive boy, ain't you, Tommy? Mm-hmm. But what? <laughs> I mean, you've seen it a couple of times. I feel why? Why was that their choice? Like Pabby said, it's a long movie. It was excessive at times. Yeah, excessive. Thank you. You brought up Mexico, Josh. Are you familiar with the work of Bad Bunny? I was going to ask how he was. Do you? Are, do you like his music? I actually do. I've been listening to one of my lists, and he was on there, and mm. I found I liked Bad Bunny and Daddy Yankee and all those guys. <laughs> I mean, you not I don't speak Spanish, so yeah. Josh, what is a good Spanish accent? 
What's what a good it? Spanish impression you got? I heard Alfonso Cuarón has a good accent. <laughs> Solid. He's Mexican. I said Spanish. I don't know why. I am here to cause destruction. I don't know enough Dude. about him. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know enough about him, but but it's like I don't know. That's the thing. It's like I didn't know that he was a musician, and we were talking about this in the car. Of course. I'm it's glad like, that he's our patron, though. Bad Bunny is. Yeah. The whoa. <laughs> Our patron had that much money. Every time they introduce this guy as the wolf, they do the howl. Yeah. So right. it's funny. It just reminds me of like our patrons, right? Because they go, yeah. the wolf. Ow, ow. Just like Spoiler Man does. Mm-hmm. Classic shit. Yeah, but I didn't, I wasn't like distracted by him. But it also, like I said, I feel like this movie like relies very heavily on celebrity to like. Is he better actor than Cardi B in Fast 9? He was good. I don't think he's asked to do a lot. Like, I mean, he dies. Like, you see him in flashbacks, and he dies in that first fight. You get the Brad easiest Pitt. direction that you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Be stoic and mean. Right, right. Yeah. Like, that Stand is- there, <laughs> snarl. Yeah. Uh, did you like the choreography in the fight, Kylo, or just in general in this movie? There's a lot of, like, yeah. sword play, punching. I thought it was pretty well done. It's, re- it's really good, and that's what this director's known for, because, you know, being a stunt guy and such, and a stunt coordinator specifically, mm-hmm. a lot of the action that we get like the hand-to-hand stuff in a confined space like that's presented to you in the trailer so like they really show you in the trailer like what kind of movie this is going to be in terms of the action and then they deliver it in abundance in the movie mm-hmm. so it's not a letdown and it's good that this movie is marketed the way that it actually is you know a lot of like this guy bad bunny he's the wolf he shows up with a knife to kill Brad Pitt and he starts like trying to stab him and Brad Pitt just has the case and he's using that to both parry and attack the guy with. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, talking about how like he should be more zen. He's like, you know, you should really think about, you know, two two people coming together like this. There's always a third solution. He's, you know, he's coming up with some like zen, like... It sounds pretty uh, funny actually. Like there's platitudes. a wall with like a window. Every There's always a wall between yeah. people. There's a wall between <laughs> us right now, but... In place of every wall is a potential for a window or right, something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> funny. He's my favorite part of the movie by far. But this so that's another thing in like where this movie just gets fucking ridiculous though, is the scope of the choreography. They're just fucking breaking everything in this bullet train. Like they're smashing up like all this shit and like And there's passengers for a lot of it. Which they, they I feel like they did a very half assed job of like explaining away. Like Right. The conductor disappeared suddenly. By yeah. the way, the conductor is a kind of a cameo. I don't know if it's intended to be, but the conductor was Hiro from Heroes. He was Hiro Nakamura. Yeah. His name's Masioka. He's fucking cool. Like there it. were two times during the movie where either I or Pappy audibly kind of shrugged or scoffed. And I think it was when like a worker would show up during or after a fight, but wouldn't like think twice about it. And it was something yeah. the movie kind of lingered on like cheekily. And that did not work very well for me. Well, it's like you had the old white lady in the quiet car who's like doing the shh in the, she was in the trailer. It's like, where where does she go? Like, you know what I mean? Like how, how can you buy tickets for a specific section of the, yeah. She's credited as annoyed passenger. That was her. Yep. She, she was great. But like a worker will come in and be like, oh, I just was grabbing some snacks. No big deal. Meanwhile, they had just destroyed half of that cart. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The concession girl. That's also kind of a cameo. That's Karen Fukuhara, who is known for being in the boys. Yeah, she's one of the boys in the boys. Mm-hmm. I feel like that humor is some sort of like weird meta. You know that you're. This is like a movie thing. I Dude, don't know. I was thinking kind of like 
not that anything in the story reminds me of Ocean's Eleven, but like there's kind of an Ocean's Eleven vibe with all of these like celebrities and Brad Pitt. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I just like maybe it's just Brad Pitt. But like when a movie is like when there's so many cameos in a movie and like I kind of know that person from this thing. Like there's no like really Ocean's name. Eleven. Those are all characters though. No, I for sure. Them cameos. Yeah, no, yeah. For sure. It's more so in the cameos and like Bruce Willis in Ocean's Twelve is a cameo. Mm-hmm. And what Josh was talking about. That's really like one of the things that separates this from a movie like snatch right where like in snatch if like you're in a place and you shoot someone like people like scatter right or like sure if if the place is in complete disarray someone would like look at that and like turn the other way or something i feel like in that world i don't know if that happens specifically within the movie but in this movie it's largely ignored like mm-hmm. the violent aftermath of any given set piece that they engage also in tell you if you're in a room where a, a gun goes off is louder than you can possibly imagine. Oh, yeah, they're shooting guns all yeah. over this yeah. train. And Brett's going to demonstrate right now. <laughs> that annoyed passenger is like, shh. And every time she says shush, uh, Brian, Henry, and Brad Pitt stop fighting over the gun for a second and stop, like, stabbing each other under the table <laughs> and then go back at, <laughs> at it fun. again. But it's like a, but they're making some toys. It's like impossible. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's funny in a way, but, like, sure. the realism of it definitely takes your mind... Out of it, like you said, you it takes the edge off, mm-hmm. but yet this movie still has so much blood, like Tarantino levels of blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tarantino style in the over the top action for sure, and in the way that it's kind of funny, like in Kill Bill, where it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And like a Tarantino movie, it's over two hours long, and not helped by the ending. Like, so let's try and wrap up this up a little bit, Josh. Tell me if land this plane a little bit. We got all these people. We're coming into Kyoto. Where it's happening? What goes down with Michael Shannon in the very end? Oh man, these are some of the f- best parts. We haven't even talked about the son and the father. Oh yeah, this sorry. is like Fuck. this yeah. C plot it's going through it. Yeah. And real quick, and that's like another snatchism where like you get like the character's name or nickname when they're introduced. Oh like, yeah, they title the screen the right, title. like the title screen in yeah. in English and Japanese text mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. There is this Japanese family. A grandfather, a father, and a son. And the son had been, this is how the movie starts. The son had been thrown off a roof, thrown out of a window or something, but he barely survived in a coma. Eric Clapton style. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he didn't survive, though. <laughs> oh, he didn't? The kid? God, no, we can't like edit these, can we? <laughs> these are more of like a live <laughs> tape thing. <laughs> forget, forgive me, that was classless. Uh, anyway, this, this kid is in a coma. And the fa- the grandfather is chastising the father, saying, you should have been there to protect your son. So this desperate father is one of the main characters boarding this bullet train at the beginning to get mm-hmm. revenge because he has this like tip that his son's would-be killer is here. Mm-hmm. So what I really like about the ending in the Michael Shannon part is that this grandfather enters the train, and he... Who is that actor? Do you know who that is? The father? He's probably super famous. He is like a very famous Japanese actor. He was in The Last Samurai. And is it I, The Elder? What's his character's name? Yeah, his name's The Elder. His name's Hiroyuki Sonata. I, famous Japanese actor. I wish I knew more about him. He has Ooh, such a right. presence that he brings to the movie. I loved him in this. And he's, Brett, he's like a master splinter. <laughs> and Michael Shannon is like Shredder. Hmm. Right. And he and and he'd been previously beaten down by him. And so he's kind of been biting his time all these years later. It's like and, Saki against Matayushi. Yeah. 
to to hit up the ending though, the train once all these kind of last few characters are on it crashes. Are we to that part yet? Sorry, before we did, did the prince throw the that that guy's kid off the yeah. son off? Yeah, prince who is a girl by the why, way. Why did she do that? Is that explained? Do yes. we? Yeah, I mean it's I it's all like this huge domino effect master plan, like to get to kill her to dad. get to this moment to yeah. like where she can like be in the presence of her dad where she can get this guy to be in the presence of her dad and she has like backup plans on backup plans got it, got here's it. the basic gist though she wants to get this father who's desperate about his son being dead like she, she needs to get him like just manipulated and then part of that manipulation is he will be tasked to try to assassinate white death in which he will fail and so because White Death always assassinates people with their weapon, he'll do that to this guy. But the prince has subbed out his weapon for this like weapon that will backfire when shot. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of this other Chekhov's gun that you're always waiting for this specific gun with like a red handle or something on it. That if that's fired. Yeah, it has like a hair tie and it's uh, it's going to fire backwards. So it's going to shoot the firer in the face. It's basically it blows up when you press the trigger. The gun explodes in your face. And I guess pretty smart. I mean, it sounds cool, but it's also like in this wave of a thousand little setups and payoffs that are just like that. It's yeah, hard to good, keep track of good, it. I mean, a wave. Explain any individual one. And, and I just want to say too, because yeah. this is a component of the movie. It's like one versus the other. Brad Pitt, who's like the the principal hero of the movie, mm-hmm. he has bad luck, and the way the bad luck manifests. Is it's not against him, but like when he's in a scenario where he doesn't want someone to die, they will certainly die mm-hmm. in a very fucked up way, usually very bloody. Mm-hmm. So like he tries to work things out non-violently in his like Zen mode, but the person will end up dead or like very yeah. severely injured. The movie's also trying to say something though, like about perspective too, with that, because like he like he considers himself unlucky. Is there something outside? Is there a, it's a black squirrel? I've never seen one that close. Yeah. I've never seen a black squirrel in my life. We have me either. Welcome mean. to Indiana. It's supposed to be really mean. <laughs> so, yeah. You see it right there? Yeah. It just went in the bush right there. It's right there on the left. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You've never seen a black squirrel? No. Yeah. You can go pet it if you want. Yeah. I would. <laughs> you uh, can't. It will not let you. <laughs> what are we talking about? I totally forget. Oh. So I was saying how like Brad Pitt has like the bad oh, yeah. luck. Yeah. But then Prince, who's like the main villain of the movie has really good luck, mm-hmm. right? So, like, everything, like, goes her way. Like, whenever it comes to, like, you know, picking up the right gun at the right time, like, it'll always land at her feet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they don't really address that directly, which I think is good, but it's kind of like the hero's bad luck versus her good luck. And really, his bad luck is actually kind of good I was luck. Like, it's almost like a drunken master type. He does get super lucky, you know what I mean? Like, right. The one time he gets stabbed, too, and his cell phone just happens to be there or something. Right, it just like sticks this. in the phone, yeah. Yeah, there's like a million little times he gets super lucky, but he just interprets it as being like... He interprets it as being bad luck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot he wants- of her luck is just pulling the I'm a little girl cute card crying thing, though, too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the world, yeah. Right? What, what else? What other luck does she have? What do you? What are some examples that you? She claims of? to be lucky, but I don't. Does she? She throws that kid off the roof. I think Tears in Heaven starts playing, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Josh, a single tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but there's like occasions where like something will happen and it'll like fall right at her feet, and like at the perfect time in which she needs it, mm-hmm. or like you know something's gonna happen and someone gets bit by a snake or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's like kind of thing too, like even with the very end of the movie where it's like 
the thing falls on their car, but they're not in it. You know what I mean? They could have gotten in it like a second before, and they're like, "Oh, that was." I guess we'll have to walk now, type thing. Um, I, any other final thoughts or anything we missed in? Bullet yeah, train? I want to talk about that train crash. Okay. Yeah. 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 Did you like it? <laughs> not really. <Me> <laughs> it ends with a train crash. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing crashes with like six characters on board, and all of them survive this oh. massive, just epic level like the it derails it, it, hits another train yeah. goes into a city and just, you laugh though when brad pitt was doing like the gravity through space like slow it reminds me of the movie ice age something they would do with the squirrel <laughs> they God, got I hate that squirrel i hate that character so much <laughs> piece of shit you're supposed to think he's funny but i freaking hate him like a black squirrel <laughs> brad pitt is floating through the cabins that are all exploding and it's like, like looking around like mm-hmm. i'm zen but yeah. this is weird but then, like one by one, each character comes out and is like, "I survived this too. I survived this too." And Michael Shannon, right before the train crashes, gets samurai chopped, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Shout out to Steve because one thing was I noticed, legit samurai chopped. One thing up. I noticed is the elder in this when he would use his samurai sword. Every blow he would strike was like a killing blow. It was like even if it was like a shoulder thing, he would then like push it through like their body or it'd be through the neck or clop off their head. But with Michael Shannon, he's attempting to finish his killing blow. And that's like, I think when the train crashes, Mm -hmm. so Michael Shannon comes out at the end with like a bullet hole and like a sword, like halfway through his body. And he comes like stumbling out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when the gun backfires. And that's what ultimately gets him. Right. Yep. That's how it goes out. Do you like the shot where his half of his face was gone at the end? You know what? It was it was okay, but I was like really worried that they were gonna do like the two thousands like horror moment where like someone gets like sliced and they stand there stunned for a second, yeah. and then like and then they like, lit. yeah like that yeah like yeah. Resident Evil and Thirteen Ghosts a like, left side and right I was side. just like I was like please be let us be beyond that in cinema <laughs> like that never needs to happen again. It, Pappy, you were talking about the very end with like the train derailing on like yeah. the most insane possible level and everyone being fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I talked to someone at work about this movie. I didn't anticipate to see this movie, by the way. But someone <laughs> at work, <laughs> none of us yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, someone at work told me that they saw a Bullet Train. I was like, oh, okay, like how was it? And it really made me think about like film criticism and like really articulating how you feel about a movie because she said she didn't like it, and her reason was. Everything's about Brad Pitt. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I was like, I was like, I'm sure that means something to her in her head, but like the words that she gave me do not have a meaning. Like, everything's like, about Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Like, everything flows through him or what? I mean, he's the main character, right? Right. That's what we're saying. Yeah, that's, that's exactly my point. So, uh, regarding the ending, I want to say that. And one of the, the biggest movie stars in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sorry, Corey. Yeah. By the time it ends and the train derails, it's it's way overly ambitious. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this movie is doing too much. And like, then it becomes like CGI green screen spectacle. And it was never that up until that point. That's weird that they would do that with all the choreography and stuff like that. And then right. end it like it's that. It's not what this movie is about. This movie is about snappy dialogue, you know, like quick action and like bits of comedy, like people confined. trying to... So I accidentally kicked the power cord. I was saying instead of that's why we got cut off abruptly yeah. right there. CGI bullshit, you know. It's but it's 
this movie should be better than that devolving into like a Marvel movie at the end. Right. Like, it's like, even worse than a Marvel, Marvel movie. movie is bad, but it's not trying to be that. And then all of a sudden it becomes that because that's what people like. You know what I mean? It's what trying to part, be a Fast and the Furious movie at the end. What part specifically? Just the, the crash itself. Is that what you're t- talking about? <laughs> yeah. Crash, the, the people when flying it, through When space? it becomes like explosion-y, yeah. right? That, that is what this movie should not be. It should be a type of action movie that doesn't rely on like train crashes, car crashes, explosions. Mm. Like all of the action in this movie is great and it can stay small like that and it can build its own stakes <laughs> without having to like be like physically large. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that it's like in the daytime too. I know it's like a small thing, but this whole movie is this like nighttime train ride and it excels with these like cool lights in some of the places. Like there's this giant like, I don't know, like anime pink thing that's like running around. It's like too. a like a Disney character, but like an yeah. anime character. Yeah, and that car is lit super cool. And it's just like, yeah, now it's like, I don't know, I just I just don't like the ending very much. But anything else that you guys had for Bullet oh, God, yeah. How's it end? I mean, the guy dies and the and bad Bullet girl shows up. The bad girl life. wins or what? Yeah, uh, justice is kind of served at the end, like with like the main like Yakuza boss that's kind of been talked about that shows up at the end. It's Michael Shannon. He's called the White Death. Like he ends up getting taken out. The girl who's been the main truck, villain right? gets yeah. hit by a truck seemingly randomly. And then as the credits start to roll. Mid-credit you, scene. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> mid-credit scene. They explain like why that truck just happened to hit her. It's because like one of the guys that fell off the train earlier, like fell into a body of water, like stole mm-hmm. a truck and like rushed to the scene when he saw the train crash and just like slammed right into her. Red but also right her guy. getting hit by the truck is kind of like it's like the luck of Brad Pitt against her luck and Brad Pitt won yeah. because like she's about to kill Brad Pitt and he's like, come on, man, don't do it, please. And she like puts the gun up to his face and then she, bam, she gets hit by a truck. So it's like, that's like his luck taking over the situation. So like his mm-hmm. was always superior. He used ex truck in a... That's what <laughs> gotcha. they say. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else, Josh? The flashbacks are pretty obnoxious in this movie, mm-hmm. but some of them are really fun. And like it had almost like an everything everywhere all at once feel with how much they went back to flashbacks and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing I was just considering and I would challenge you two to consider it as well is good time. We just recovered that movie has but one flashback. Do you remember this flashback? (laughs) I don't remember because I was so fucking fucked up, bro. (laughs) So it has the one flashback. It's so memorable. It's so well done. The movie never needs to come back to it. I feel like this movie is taking like that little kernel and spreading like that butter over two little bread or something like that. It's just, I don't know. It turned me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like that is one of the downsides of the movie is like the way the flashbacks are handled because everything else is so quick and cool. I mean, they're good at times, but they're also obnoxious at times, like you said. I would take this exact same movie and I would have it cut it down to like 100, 120, or not 120, 110 minutes. So, and then I would have it just be on the train. Like the movie starts with all of these four different people getting on the train. You see it. And then like, there's no CGI bullshit. And then like, I don't know, there's some kind of like, mexican standoff shootout right you can use the exploding gun or something just like i don't know like keep it tight to the train and like never do these flashbacks is what i'm saying like a hundred percent of what you see would be on this bullet train in my bullet train movie kind of i'm kind of curious now i was looking at imdb and you're talking about flashbacks why does it say nine-year-old wolf wolf mother what the heck is that flashback 
the wolf. <laughs> they showed the wolf as a kid, and he had like a rough upbringing. Oh, okay. Oh. Like sometimes they go that deep with for the someone flashback. who dies right away, they have to do a backstory for him. They yeah. do a flashback on a water bottle. I was just gonna say, <laughs> in the product placement of that is Ooh, so egregious. It's that's so, bad. They sign here or something. It's Fuji. It's or Fiji. 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 It's just like a Fiji logo for Fiji. like five minutes. The water bottle doesn't rotate at all. It's like the front. It's of always the bottle. framed up with the Fiji <laughs> in the front. That's it's bullshit. Insane. Yeah. Who yeah. fucking. Introduce that Truman Burbank, you know, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that plot line is that's one of the flashbacks I liked, and it did remind me of everything everywhere. It was quirky and it set up why a water bottle is in a certain place so that a person could chuck it at someone. Hmm. I think that's just kind of like creative writing, but then the fact it just had Fuji perfectly framed middle. Mm -hmm. Also, that car that he's supposed to get into at the end that felt very much like product. You're thinking Fuji's from the, Fiji. the last podcast you <laughs> yeah, released. We get all these podcasts. Yeah. Fiji. Fuji's. The Fuji's. What's the car at the end that Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock are supposed to get into, but right before they do, it gets smashed. Because that it, needs to be gone from this movie. It zooms yeah. out and they're like, this is a great car. And it's like... It's bad. I don't know cars, so yeah. Stevie's not here and neither is Steve, but... Yeah. Sandra Bullock arrives to like recover Brad Pitt from the scene in this really nice car and then the bad luck kicks in and something falls and smashes it to pieces and mm -hmm. it is obnoxious it's awful everything around them is green screen by the way I'm pretty car this I'm pretty sure the car is CG it's like including Sandra Bullock green screens yeah <laughs> yeah her face is CG <laughs> yeah it's I don't I don't think they showed the logo of the car so I was at that point there had been so much product placement I was looking for it and I was just like, well maybe they just didn't show it because it gets smashed. It was a half step away from smashed. being like that's a nice Chevy. Yeah, it right. has a great Hemi. Yeah, or whatever. Transforming into Bumblebee. <laughs> well, we've done this in two parts. Any other final thoughts? Anything big we should? Yeah, assign each of us a Thomas the Train character. Go. Um, Do you know him well know? enough? <laughs> you can't. Thomas. They can't see who you're pointing to, weirdo. Star. No, let the audience. Yeah. Let the he's, audience. he's pointing with a pencil I, I, for our audio <laughs> listeners. Right. Diesel. Uh, I said, Josh is Ringo Starr. I'm Thomas, obviously. I, what's another one? Ringo Starr. I'm, I'm Hero yeah. Percy. Ringo Starr is a train. He's the narrator of, of some of them. Oh, sick. The original ones mm -hmm. were, it's terrifying. They're like claymation faces. It's just stupid because it's like it's supposed to be so quirky, but it's like he's in a train because the movie's on a train. You know, it's that's like, his name. That's Ladybug. Yeah, Good yeah. Brad Pitt is assigned the name Ladybug as like his alias to try to like get him in, I guess, better spirits regarding his luck. Mm. Did you hear what he just said? He said he doesn't like it because the Thomas the Train thing is just the deep as it goes. Is that? No, I said that the, the the whole premise of why does this dude like Thomas the Train? It's all retrofitted because this movie takes place on a train, right? It's like we want this. Did guy, you even consider that? We no, want, we want this guy to be super into something endearing kid show. Oh, Train Thomas the Train. You know what I mean? And it's I don't know. It, it could have easily been SpongeBob or Sesame Street, but I didn't see that connection. I get what you're saying, and it pays off when he's like trying to figure out how to do the train. Yeah, yeah, be the conductor then. Yeah. What are you showing, Brett? Oh, they have like a an anime. Brett showed me a picture of like an anime character on the train. Oh, yeah, that was the big flip. They have like an anime that I'm pretty sure they created for the show or mm -hmm. for the movie itself that they insert into like there's a car section of the train that's like themed based on that. And, and actually an assassin is inside of that costume. The Hornet is yes. in there. 
she poisoned a bunch of people and made them pu- uh, puke blood at a wedding in Mexico. Yeah, she was not really my favorite. I mean, of all the assassins, they all have like these specific personality traits, you know, and she's yeah. just kind of like cold as ice assassin. Like, you know, like <laughs> her personality is no personality. She was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was in uh, Deadpool 2, Brett. Um, what's her name? Zazie Beats. Oh, so she was Domino. So that's another movie that deals with like mm-hmm. good luck as a superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But let's let's wrap it up here with yes or no's. I'll go first, then we'll go clockwise around the cable table. We'll let Kylo in Indiana today go last. Close us out here. Uh, I'm gonna give it a super duper 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 soft yes, based solely on getting to see Brad Pitt be that character. Like, it's almost even kind of like his character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not really, but kind of where he has a darker past and he's trying to like more zen out now i like seeing brad pitt as a like zen out guy quite a bit like i get a little bit of like i said B- big lebowski vibes almost from his character this movie has a lot of fucking problems though and i'll probably never watch it again and maybe part of this was just the fun of sitting next to josh and Corey in a movie theater for like the first time and how cool this was also thank you to the patrons for helping us fly out Corey for this just very cool wow that is so cool yeah but like <laughs> it's so cool so it's so he's, cool he's so cool but <laughs> i'm gonna give it a soft yes like i said solely on brad pitt's performance and the concept apparently there's a 1970s version of this which seemed super duper earnest for right yeah what i could it's, see like a japanese film right mm-hmm. yeah but i feel like there's a lot of just potential for a movie on a train you know what i mean and i i feel like this premise is close bullet train on a bullet train, train. soft yes josh uh, i hmm. i'm honestly like really struggling with the yes or no i think i'll just probably just give it a really soft yes as well because i was entertained but that said like this isn't a sticky movie that i was like thinking about involuntarily overnight or the next day or anything Mm -hmm. we watched good time and children of men recently and jumanji (laughs) just joking about jumanji but you know there's those movies that are like sticky to your brain they make you think they like affect you emotionally this is not that but it is a pretty fun trip to the theater and I like they went all out in so many different ways. So I, I'll just, I, I was really tempted to just give it a soft no, just to counteract your guys's yeses, but I'll give it a soft yes. Our yeses, huh? I see. Yeah. You are such a hard yes. I give this know. podcast the hardest of yeses. <laughs> oh yeah. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, I was not the hardest of yeses yesterday. I said it was all right. It's pretty good. I stand by that. This is a, a fine movie to watch once. You know, some yeah. people uh, will call these kind of movies like popcorn movies or yeah. Pappy likes to say this, turn off your brain and watch it. It's Pappy's <laughs> favorite thing to say. Yeah, he says it every day of his time. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's, it's a one watch. You watch this movie one time. Like Snatch, you watch more than once. Snatch is, is great and it's lasting and it's like, I don't know, to me, it seems like kind of like timeless. I mean, not a lot of time has passed since it's come out, but I think it does have a really great rewatchability factor that this movie doesn't have. And then especially if you even if you do watch this movie, you would just turn it off when the train starts to crash because there's nothing of substance at that point after. Like the character driven uh, plot is kind of just like gone at that point. It's like, okay, who's going to pick up the gun and shoot the last person alive in the head? But the action in it's pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. There's times when the action is is really solid, and this director is known for that. You know, he brings a lot of his experience uh, to these t- kinds of movies, and you know, you can tell he's interested in the stunts and the stunt coordination. You know, aka the fight scenes that we get to see. It's cool. Then you know, the comedy works well, but. I mean, he, it is clear, like, he's kind of lifted it from previous projects. Like, he kind of took Deadpool, aspects of Deadpool, and ran with it, including, like, the luck factor of the character Domino from Deadpool 2. So, mm-hmm. I give it a soft yes. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. An okay, fine movie that we just randomly saw. No trivia today. Oh, wait. Oh? I do have a trivia. Oh! <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> we're we're going to play closest to. Brett's in as well. We'll go whoever lives the furthest away goes first from where we're at from where we're at right now. Okay. The center of the world. (laughs) Elkhart, Indiana. Goshen, Indiana. Um, okay. So how fast does the bullet train in Japan go in miles an hour? Closest to. And I get to go first? You get to go first. (laughs) I just want to say that being in uh, Indiana and Michigan recently, I got to see Amish people for the first time. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's speaking a of bullet trains. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of going fast, man, I saw them on a horse and buggy hauling ass. It's like fucking chariots of fire up in this bitch. They're everywhere. Shinkansen bullet trains are the fastest and most convenient way of discovering Japan. The Japan Rail Network is extensive, and the trains reach a top speed of blank. Of 275 miles an hour. Okay. I was going to look at miles for... I think you're closer, actually, Pappy. I didn't guess. Oh, am I? Um, it says 55 miles to Kalamazoo. It's like 66 miles to my house. So, so you're, you're up. up yeah. Oh, farthest away. Okay. Um, what did you say? Two, wait, what did I say? 275. Seems like a really good guess. I'm going to say... Is it a steam engine or is it a... Is Thomas the train? I'm going to go with 140. (laughs) Is that faster than Sonic? How fast does Sonic go? That's my trivia for later today. Boom or the character Sonic? Sonic, got to go fast. Sonic. (laughs) 200 and... No, fuck it. 350. Wow. And your winner... Or he's got to be right. By like eight miles an hour. This is really close in the middle here. The actual speed, the trains reach a top speed of 320 kilometers an hour, (laughs) which is 199 miles per hour. I win. Brett wins? Brett with a low Uh, guess. uh, He's like 59 away and you are like 76. Dude, they said in the movie, I think they said 250. Kilometers. They overshot. Well, everything's exaggerated in the movies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You gotta take us out here, Brett. Any got any uh, words? You get to say the last word before you do. Thank you. While you think of your last words, thank you to our patrons again for making this possible. Yeah. I think we'll record three podcasts over the. You're course breezing of- over this, what? especially the wolf. Let's make this clear. We are. We're sitting at a table with our pod track on it. Yep. And that was paid for by the Patreon. 100%. The patron saints. Mm-hmm. And Kylo is here visiting from Simi Valley for the first time ever. Flown out here on the dime. Oh, we like Patreon. took out all the money yeah. from the Patreon account and flew him out we here. We literally wouldn't be doing this without you. So your support means everything. Thank you. Did they pay for the movie you watched yesterday? 
It was only three dollars. Oh yeah, <laughs> what was yesterday was like movie day. Everyone, so like almost every theater, all participating theaters, which was all the major chains, including this random little one. Three dollars a ticket for movies. Hmm. Hmm. We need them to pay more money though. So next year we all he could come out. Out. No, yeah, well, was gonna, well, that's, I was going to say that he come we out. Can like meet a week Fuji. And we can pay his salary <laughs> so he can come out. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because if he doesn't have vacation, he could have been here longer, but he doesn't have any vacation time left. So yeah, Spencer really needs to like cough up the money. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> Go ahead, Brett. Any, any last words? No, uh, again, this is awesome meeting Corey for the first time in real life. And this is really fun. So. Go knows. That was spoilers. <laughs> that was spoilers. Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King. Nick. David. The Meg. The Wolf. Barky420. At Troll. Davey Kerr. Total Movie Recall. Spencer. Nurse Stacy. Brother Brian. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. That was spoilers.